There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Fangirl Zone. Today, we are talking American Gods, Episode 8, the season finale of Season 1, since we do have a Season 2. And as promised, I have both of my co-hosts from the season. First, I have Miss Jennifer. Hello. Hello, everyone. And uh, Mr. Gomez, not Adams. Hello. Hello. So I know we're all super excited that we got to this episode, although it was very sad, I think, for all of us that we got here so soon. I I know, but really, best episode so far. It was so good. Like, it all came together beautifully, like, and then you want more. Absolutely, which which is what a good season, uh, end of season hook should do. Yeah. So, like, episodes one, two, three, everyone, even if you read the book, you're kind of like, what the crap is going on here? And then you get this last episode where it pulls in Bilquist and her storyline and how that relates. It pulls in a lot of these, like, side stories that you think are just side stories for, you know, you know, whatever purpose. Yeah, for filler, but they actually happen to be really important to the entire television series. And, of course, we've got the Laura and Mad Sweeney kind of thing going on. And we get, and we get to see more of Mr. Nancy. Yes. Mr. Nancy. Which I, we'd all been waiting for. Yes, it was great. So, in, done. Yes. In, in celebration of this episode, I had to bust out my honey wine Aged in Bourbon Barrels, episode 13 from Bee Nectar. So if any of you guys want to try it, it's amazing. But, you know, I feel like we have to go back. I don't exactly have what, you know, Mr. Wednesday gave to Shadow way back in episode one. But, you know, it's still honey wine. Good choice. Solid choice. It is is definitely a solid choice. I am currently drinking a Hot Revolver IPA. Uh, So not related to the show at all, but it's (laughs) Better than what I got, which is a Mountain Dew and a pack of crackers. Yeah. Oh, she's all hopped, all hopped up in Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> so when she gets all, like, crazy and doesn't take a breath, now you know why. It was yeah, the Mountain Dew. All right. <laughs> you have time to prepare yourself. <laughs> so let me give you the little synopsis because stars, much like many of these other shows, do not give a whole lot away in the synopsis. We have episode eight, Come to Jesus. Which sounds like it should be a revival, but on the eve of war, Mr. Wednesday must recruit one more old god, Astera, i.e. Easter, goddess of the dawn. But winning her over will require making a good impression. And that is where Mr. Nancy comes in. We finally get Mr. Nancy in a decent amount of talking. Oh, man, I love Mr. Nancy. Although, with him saying repeatedly angry get shit done it's funny because gomez and i had talked about that and there was that shirt that was out there and he said it like three times right 
I want to say it exactly. at least three times. Yep. It's like, okay, we get the idea. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Because Shadow was angry, but then he wasn't angry. He was confused. And the fact that that he was just, uh, I'm sorry, Mr. Nancy, there's, there's so many he's in that scene. Let me yeah. clarify. He's like, let me tell you a story. I'm not just going to make these suits for you, which, sidebar, the fact that there was all those spiders everywhere, it was, like, creeping me out. I'm like, oh. I, I was okay with that. Yeah, he's a spider. That's Mr. Nancy. But, like, I love that he's making his own suits because Mr. Nancy, especially if you get to meet him in a Nancy Boys, you get to see his character a lot, and, and he's very well-dressed elderly gentleman who can pull even the hottest blonde at the karaoke bar over onto his side, even if she's there for her bachelorette party. I mean, this is Mr. Nancy, and he's very smooth, and he's very, I gotta tell you a story, because that's how story, you know, and, and of course, Wednesday's like, I ain't got time for a story, well, I'm gonna tell you one anyway, and, and, and it's very much and Mr. It still Nancy. manages to be less offensive than in the book. Yes. <laughs> he was very dapper. Oh, uh, his whole introduction in the book is talking about the uh, what was it, the big high titties. <laughs> and that's and what he likes about women. That's thing to say, yes. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, got it, you're from the old country. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't really get anything except I, I feel like it was a passing comment about Ibis or Anubis. Yeah. So... We also, which made me a little sad, we did not get Salim or the Jinn, and they were both live tweeting this episode. Uh, you, you know we're going to see them in season two. Oh, I have a feeling it's going to start with them with season two. I feel Most like it likely. has to. So I, I see the Jinn kind of in Shadow's vision later on in the episode. See, the that buffalo, was my question. I no, thought the buffalo is the buffalo is not the Jinn. Okay, that's what I thought you had said before, that you said that was like the spirit of America. The spirit of America, and then there's the Jinn that both have flame eyes, and I'm like, I'm kind yeah, of... Yeah, they are two separate, okay. very separate and distinct characters. Yeah, it's been a minute for me reading the book, and I'm like, I remember them being two, but maybe in the series, I, I, I don't know. No, there's, those are two separate things. Okay, yeah. Well, I love the yarn that Mr. Nancy decides to spin, which is oh, all about Dilquist. The Queen of Sheba. Yes. yes. Which I think you and I had talked about that, Jennifer, that I wasn't sure who she was supposed to be, and you had said Queen of Sheba. And when they were saying, like, her origin story, like, watching it, it was strangely erotic and creepy at the same time. I thought it was beautifully shot. And the whole time I'm, like, watching it, I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, look at all them orgy extras. <laughs> I'm, like, trying to picture the casting call for this. <laughs> couple of naked and nude, do you want to be? Here's the pay grade. If you just want to be naked, you're getting 500 bucks for eight hours. If you want to be riding naked on somebody, you get an extra 650 Like, because that's how they literally do it for scenes like this. Now, there you go, people. Oh, Everyone who yeah. did not know... You know, Jennifer is a stage mom. She gets all this information, and now you got to hold behind the scenes of all what the calls. possibly happened with the weird and, and, and casting call. You, you have to crawl between the actress's legs. <laughs> yeah. 
Are you willing to wear a prosthetic and be consumed into a vagina? Because you, sir, are getting a thousand bucks for the day. The director will piss you. We're going to bring it. Don't, to don't worry. It's, gonna, gonna it's all going to be CGI. You're not actually going to be consumed, but this is a noir shoot. <laughs> It was very, it was strange. This, the way that he was talking about kings would come to her and try to take her down, and then the the visual where the king's head, like his skull, warped into a crown. That was like so weird. So yeah, that was I was watching was it. Go a through. tree person, like Groot's dad or something. I'm like, is this how Groot was made? <laughs> okay, now we're oh, in a whole no. different universe. But no, that that would be Mr. Wood to you. <laughs> yeah, there oh, you yeah. go. <laughs> Mr. Wood. <laughs> so it was so weird, though, because they're talking about how when she'd use you up, you'd be gone. But yeah, a Nancy, you know, with well, there's worse ways to go. But just watching the visual and how everybody like faded away into well, like black goop, which I'm like, yeah. I don't know what that was, but that was weird. That was kind of weird. As, as, as you get transported to the vagina nebula. <laughs> What happens when you go there? Is it just like Studio 54 and everybody's happy and dancing and writhing naked orgy style? I mean, it's... Until you get your life force consumed. Oh, I mean, so you no. fade out. But you're happy. Uh, well? Uh, you're, we're assuming you're happy. You're in that ultimate state of orgasmic bliss. Let's put it that way. No. But, uh, yeah, I guess there are worse ways to go. Yeah. It, it could be a car accident. Yeah, true. <laughs> Yeah, you could you could wreck an ice cream truck and die a second, <laughs> third time. Exactly. So you know, you could be riding away. Come on, there's worse ways to go. You could be puking at maggots. I mean, come uh, on. Yeah, I hope <laughs> you guys realize. Go, grab your truck and hoist you up in the air by it. Oh. I mean, there are worse ways to go. <laughs> this show has showed us so many stupid ways to die. I think going via Vilquist is the choice thus far that I've seen. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I think I'd have to agree with you there. I mean, the only other one might be Mad Sweeney because it seemed peaceful, but that's if he's in a good mood. Oh, Essie. Yes, Essie. You know, with Essie, okay. Or, but, or and you had the uh, Muslim woman who got taken by Anubis because she fell off the stool. That's true. That was not a terrible way to go. No. She didn't quite. She didn't, she didn't know. know she was dead. Right. Yeah. Okay. So. That's, that's not, not bad. Like I said, not a bad way to go. She wasn't. She wasn't suffering. So true, let's, true. let's talk about Bilquis, how she tried to grow and expand and change through the years, which I thought she was supposed to be in uh, Studio 54, like in the one moment. But then you had like these crazy armed gunmen come in. Oh, it, it was um, during the Iranian Revolution, 1979. Okay. Ah. So, uh, hence why it was Tehran. Obviously not. Ah. Okay. See, see, I wondered about that. That's why I'm like, okay, so definitely right, not Studio 54. That was right with the, right with the uh, revolution that was happening when the Shah was overthrown. So, oh, okay. So that's when Sharia law kind of came in, took the rights of women, and that's where they're talking about that her power of rebirth and creation threatened them, and so they sought to take her gifts because the men were angry. And we all know angry gets shit done. <laughs> right, exactly. And with the whole concept of the fact that, at the time at least, Iran was a bit more progressive. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when you saw that sort of religious extremism come, back, come in and that throwback, uh, it forces Bill Quist out. Yep. Okay. Now, was it all just because of Bill Quist? Yeah, well, I mean, 
that's a different debate. Well, I mean, but, yes, but she, 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 she is one of the casualties of that occurrence. Okay. Yes. But uh, then, then you, oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say then showing how she progresses, how you have them Does tearing down her temples, and as you know, the years go by, and she ends up being just homeless. And yeah, it was, was heartbreaking. A really sad moment. I thought it was completely heartbreaking. Her standing yeah. there, just seeing them tear down the temples that were put up for her. Yep. And just how far she had fallen. My heart was breaking for this non-existent person. I know. And then, like, wasn't her her partner died of AIDS? Yeah. Yes, one of them. Okay. Yeah. Well, actually, it was the woman that she was had been trying to seduce back in Iran. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't. I it was the same woman. So yeah. Yeah. So I don't know how many of Bilquis's lovers survived Bilquis, uh, but that was definitely a sign that you know this person meant something to her because she did not go out of her way to consume this person. Right. right. And she could have. She could. Right. Have. But it's also showing that, uh, I mean, in the '80s, how would somebody like Bilquis survive when all of a sudden there's this idea, okay, sex is now a disease. Yeah, sex is not. Uh, Okay, and what does that do to somebody like Bilquis who thrives off sex? Especially yeah. casual sex, yes. Right. Like, people were very afraid. So and can you consume someone <laughs> I don't know, because I think it's all about the physical contact and getting them to chant. Yeah. So I, I guess I guess you can begin to brand a condom. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so it was just very sad watching how she fell, and then... How ugh, little douchey douchey McGee. That's what he's going to be called right now. Technical boy, douchey McGee. <laughs> Which, let me tell you, Bruce Langley it has got to be such a sport about this because he was live tweeting this whole event. He's like, "Wow, I'm a jerk." <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> he's great. Yes, yes, you like are. King Joffrey is like, "I'm really not like that at all. I'm like one of the most hated characters ever, but I'm a nice guy, yo." Right. So, I mean, this guy's got a real good sense of humor, knowing how how extreme he has to play the character and how everybody's just gonna be like, "Oh, I can't stand him." But I'm sure he's like a super awesome, nice guy. He probably like if, saves if animals hate and you, you know. as an actor, if people hate your character, you have done your job well. Mm-hmm. So hats yeah. off to him. Yeah. <laughs> so Douchey McGee comes up with a, a cell phone and shows Bill Quiz, Well, I can bring Tinder. you back up. Was it Tinder? Well, it was called Sheba, right? Yeah, yeah but I, I, we I, all know what it was. I would say it was Tinder. It's Tinder. There was a lot of swiping. There's t- it was Tinder. <laughs> and, and I've got a new altar for you, and he puts it in her hand, the smartphone. Yes. And just how she ends up changing. Like, she's leery about it, but anything to have that new altar where possibly she doesn't mm-hmm. have to be in the situation she's in because, like, physically she's changed a lot. And then obviously mentally, where I do believe – Mr. Nancy actually says she's fallen so far, she's almost forgotten who she is. Yeah. And now she's kind of rediscovering who she is and regaining her power. We've seen her in the museums looking at her old relics before in the season and even again in this episode, rediscovering who she is even now. But she's a queen, and she is with the new gods because she owes them a favor now. But but the problem is is that she's she's still fallen, right? Yeah, she's at the top yet again. Well, because I mean, in the beginning, everybody came to her, right? Mm -hmm. 
So everybody knew what she was, but they sought her out anyway. They worshipped her yep. anyway. Yep. Now it's almost like she's more of a parasite. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay, because people are coming to her, but they're not... It, they're not necessarily willing sacrifices to her. They're unwilling. Yeah, she so has to they, kind of convert them, you know, one at a or, time. I mean, she she seduces them, gets them back to her bed. Do they know that they're going to be sacrifices to her? No. Do the people going to her temple know that? Actually, yeah, probably they did. Yeah. Uh, because there was no reason back then to hide what she was. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there's still the sense that she's fallen. And now because she, was give, she owes a favor now to these yep. new gods... And despite the fact that she has absolutely nothing but distaste for this, she still feels beholden to them. Now, let's talk about that for a second, because we jump ahead where she's in the museum, checking out basically everything that was about her, which, Mm -hmm. let me back up for a second. We had a whole lot of nakedness, too, we talked about. Although, Gomez, you know, unfortunately... Mr. Orlando Jones's wife did not have any quality full frontal male this time to make GIF gifts out of. GIF, GIF. However you say the GIF, damn GIF, thing. GIF. GIF. GIF, thank you. I always feel like I'm saying it wrong. It, 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 that is a long-standing argument. Let me just I, I will say that much. But you know, the little I'm, moving I'm, picture. I'm GIF. <laughs> but, GIF is butter. Yeah. <laughs> it's really good, too, for cookies, but whatever. Anyway... <laughs> So we have a lot of that, and I have to say for Yatai Badaki to be so super comfortable with basically just being naked all the time, I have to give my hats off. Hats off. Okay, the the casting call for that part. (laughs) Being naked in 90% of your scenes, like, because that's something that they would put out there, and she's, I think she's gorgeous. Well, I, I also think it's I think it's also interesting that they're tapping into the black woman as sexual object. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you, I think a lot of people have tried been trying to move away from more because that's that's been a big thing and and a sometimes a very negative thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because black women are portrayed as very sexual and lustful and almost animalistic. Yeah, well, they use black exploitation films, and you also yeah. have the. The Hottentot, um, the the one African lady back in like the 1800s or turn of the century that they were you know putting on display because she had a big butt or something. <laughs> Do you know what oh, I'm yeah. talking about? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but so I think it's interesting they're going with that. But in in, uh, in some ways they are trying to subvert it as well by showing that yes this is who she is but it's not all who she is. Right. Right. But right. when you bring it back then when she's in the museum like reliving her past. Now, part of it, I think, like you said, you know, the difference where people willingly came to her now that she has to kind of work for it. Yeah. But I think she's really kind of disgusted with the fact that she has to deal with Technical Boy because he happens to call her and she just kind of like turns off the phone and it said the man, which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah. That was funny. Yeah. (laughs) And she just shoves it in her purse, like whatever. And, you know, he's like, you owe us. And she still looks completely disgusted because he gives her a gun. And yep. she's looking at him and looks back at him holding the gun. And he's like, well, yeah, you can kill me right now. I was like 50-50 with if she was going to pull the trigger or not. Like right there on him. Yeah, I kind of wish you would. But would a gun kill him? I don't know. But yeah. would a gun kill any of the gods? What's the point of giving the gun? 
So because of, well, this is where I bring you guys to what do you think the theory is? Because the last scene we see her is on a bus going to House on the Rock. So who do you think the gun's for then? Shadow, I think. Does it does it matter so much if it what the weapon is or who's wielding it? Mm, Ooh, true. that's a good okay. thought. Because yeah. let's okay, going moving to a different part of the uh, episode where we have Laura ends up at Easter's house. Yes. And I realize I'm jumping around a little bit here, but bear with me. And it turns out that Easter cannot bring her back to life because, because she's she killed was by a god. Yeah. Yep. See, okay. and I still have questions about that, which we'll come back to. I'm sure. Yeah. But it, it turns out that the guiding hand in her death was Mr. Wednesday. Okay. Yes, which is a huge reveal. Right. And, and people are like, because what you and Sweet. I, Sean, had said, you know, is he behind all of this to get Shadow on his side? And we do find out that he's responsible for her death. He's responsible for the casino robbery going wrong and him being in prison. He is responsible all for all the shit in Shadow's life. So imagine and once he finds out, because you know it's coming, at some point, shit's going to hit the fan. So, anyway. But going back to what I was trying to go with was that Sweeney was the instrument in that murder. Mm -hmm. He's yes. not a god himself, but it still counts as being murdered by a god. See, that was my question. So right. does it really matter what Bill Quinn Okay, is? okay. I guess and, not. Yeah. Uh, and, and going with it as well, we never see what bullets are in that gun, right? Right. No. And the episode that we talked about murder murder of gods, we know that all of Vulcan's stuff has been cursed. So, right. it would it whatever would they that. have work. And was that from the cursed batch of bullets or not? That's really yeah, interesting. Yeah, it was from the Vulcan batch of bullets. Are they actually shooting with Vulcan bullets that have his like right. essence in them? So a god shooting a god. Yes. God essence that's cursed Oh, God. <laughs> anyway. Okay, um, that's like way uh, too Inception for me right now. There you go. Uh, but those are, I, those are going to be the questions that come up in episode two, I'm sure. In season two, rather. Okay. Yeah. But we get that Bill Quiz is now the new God's queen. And so Mr. Nancy says, if you want to win this, you got to win yourself a queen. I and love that. Shows right where to go. Yes, which was very interesting because we have been waiting because they have been showing in every single preview this year Easter, Kristen Chenoweth. And I've been waiting her. and waiting. It's like, okay, when are we going to see her? And when are we going to see that scene? I honestly <laughs> thought we were not going to see that scene, that it was going to be one of those things that they cut out and that they just <laughs> threw in the previews to really fuck with everybody. I hate when they do that, but you know they do that a lot. They do that a lot. Well, that's because the people who do the trailers don't necessarily always talk to the people doing the editing. <laughs> that's yeah, true. Pretty much. Yeah. Two of uh, rise complete. Let's, let's say with right hand, left hand. That's baseball stadium, football stadium. That's true. So I love it, though, when they, they are headed to Easter's house, and Mr. Wednesday is explaining, okay. yeah, which makes me finally, like, oh, connect the dots. That's why... You know, uh, Matt Sweeney was taking Laura Moon there. That only took me, you know, to the last episode. Well, they never say they never say where he's where they're going. He never says who he's taking her to see. I had always assumed going through the season that it was to I'm going to say Jesus in quotes because there's so many Jesus yeah. out. Jesuses? 
And Jesus does do resurrections. That's why I was thinking that. Yep. yep. But okay, one thing before we get to <laughs> okay. the party at Easter's place okay. that I just loved about this episode, we're back with Mr. Nancy. You know, Wednesday is having a suit made for him and Shadow, and he's like, "Oh, well, you know, don't be upset. You're getting one too. We have to look our best." And Shadow is kind of like, "You just sliced a guy's head off after he made a sword for you. Who are you, the Godfather?" And I'm like, "Foreshadowing." <laughs> he is actually the Father of God. It's like, well, maybe. It's, uh... I'm not the Godfather, but you could say that I'm the All Father. Ah, uh, oh, there you go. There you go. It was just so good. But I love when they're talking in the car, and all of a sudden you see the rabbits, and I'm like, oh, there's those little <laughs> bastards. And then yeah, they're like, and like plows over a bunch of them, <laughs> and Shadow's like, okay. I was. Like, she's gonna be bad when she sees. Them. I was no, so. Oh. And he's like, crack don't it up. Don't be too nice to her. Don't be too nice to her. Okay. <laughs> I don't want oh. her fucking you. <laughs> I, I assume that was the underlying, you know, listen, we need her on our side, but we don't need her to sleep with you. Yeah. Yeah. When they were going and, yeah, all the rabbits, I'm like, okay, that's just kind of creepy. And then at one point, I'm like, is that rabbit giving him the stink eye? Because it's in there like, mm, yes. I know you. <laughs> and what was with the rabbits talking to Easter and it sounded like a little, little bell? Yeah. Yeah. I was cracking up. How about, how about how about the rabbit that looked like it was pooping jelly beans? <laughs> I think that, it did poop jelly great. beans. That was great. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, and then you had the rabbits on the skewers <laughs> that had been roasted too. I'm like, oh, that's, so that's yeah, that was, okay. yeah. But let me I tell you, Kristen Shadowith as Easter. Come on, that was a She's lot of hair too, all up in that dew that she had. Oh, my God. Like, but it was so perfect. And that paper mache thing she had on her head, perfect. With, with her Easter hat. Now, my yeah. head, like, I had long hair, and my hair is heavy and thick. So I'm looking at that going, I would have such a freaking migraine. Like, oh, I would yeah. definitely have to be, like, drinking that alcohol hardcore so I did not have that migraine. I've seen how they do those rolls like that. They have these foam things that they slide. It has, like, a hole in the middle. They slide your hair into it. Like, they put it in a ponytail, they slide the hair into it, and then they roll it up and then mold it into place. You would like, have to. do it on set. Gomez like, is like, I have no idea, I have short hair. But, yeah, my hair used to be down to my butt. Oh, I wow. have very thick hair. It took four hours one time to get ready for a wedding to have my hair done. So I'm looking at her hair going, if that's not a wig, that shit took, like, six, seven hours. And this I would is where they bring probably in flowers. Yeah, I'd say it's probably a wig just for continuity's sake. Yes. Because that stuff's going to move as, like, and this probably took several days to film. And so they need it to look exactly the same and perfect in every scene. So I'm going to I'm gonna go with it was a wig. I, but I have seen them roll it up like, like crazy like that. Yeah. These foam pieces, yeah. And I do have to give kudos to Kristen Chenoweth. Now, granted, all these women in the show always walk in heels. But when she was kind of half running in those, like, stilettos, uh, you know, kudos to you, because I'd have fallen right on my face. She has Meniere's disease, too, so she's like, she gets dizzy and stuff like I do. Oh, so it's even more impressive? <laughs> it's even more impressive. <laughs> oh, yeah, even more impressive. I was super impressed. I know it's the little things for me, but I'm watching going, I don't know how she's doing that. I can't even, I, 
I have to do a slow walk, and it's like I'm in slow-mo coming into a room if I'm wearing heels. So it's like unintentionally <laughs> sexy as you stroll in slowly wearing your stilettos. Yeah, just so I don't fall on my face is really what it is. So I was impressed. But let me tell you, the interaction with the ladies just in general in this one, when we had Easter, we had media, we had Laura Moon. Those three just interacting, obviously not all at the same time, but wow. And media pulling off of Judy Garland. Yes. I was, oh, my God. I'm looking at it going, what is that? What is it? And I could not remember until the end of the episode. But yeah, My, my, my oh. wife helped me out with that. Oh, God. It was but just I'm amazing. I'm trying to claim that I got that on my own. I love Jillian Anderson. Like, I want to date her right now. She's so amazing. I want to date her as media, though. I don't know. Maybe that's weird. I just want her constantly being different and basically always the threat of her kicking my ass. I don't know. Maybe I have that weird S&M thing hanging out there. She was just so awesome. And her threats without being threats, exactly. Yeah, they're, they're kind of underhanded, you know. Yes. And don't, I you love remember, it. don't you remember how we helped you out? Right. She's like, of course well, we got a date. You, Marshmallow Pete. an appointment. It's your day after all. Oh. Like, bitch, I'm about to smack you three ways to Sunday. Oh, bless your heart. It was very southern, wasn't it? Like, I yeah, can kick your ass southern. and I'll give you some yeah. sweet tea on and top of people, it. For, for, for people who have never lived in the South, when someone says, bless you, your, your heart, <laughs> they are not wishing you well, okay? Well, That's like the biggest middle finger <laughs> at you with a smile on your face as they hand you a glass of sweet tea that you're going to get. Well, it also depends on the context, because bless your heart, I've come to realize can mean so many very different That's true, things. that's true. It could be like, oh, you're so stupid. And who it's being used to. True, right. true, true. Yes, it could be like, I, oh, I have, you're so stupid. Saying, you sure are sweet, but God, how are you smart enough to breathe? <laughs> <laughs> kind of like, you know, like, oh, bless your heart. You know, when they say it that way, and they're looking at you like, you are... Yeah, the or, stupidest or, or thing I've ever talking seen. Talking about, oh, bless his heart. Right, you know, oh, like. Oh, oh. You know, I just had the worst day. I went through the drive-thru of the biscuit bar, and they forgot my gosh darn gravy. And then you just look at him, and you're like, oh, honey, bless your heart. Right. <laughs> it really, gosh darn that gravy. is like an all-consuming, now I think I have to bring it into, into um, like, use up here. So I am, I'm going to tell you guys how many times I, I use that at work. Yeah, I, I've had I've, I've watched people use it up here, and I looked at them and said, "I need to let you know, I actually speak Southern." <laughs> and they just had this look on their face, like I've been found out. <laughs> my children, my children went to Catholic school in Chicago, and I would like interact with the moms there, and a lot of them were stay-at-home moms, you know, very you know into you know volunteering at school and everything. And I was a professional mom; I saw my children. I don't know, a couple hours a week <laughs> when I was working uh, my hardest. But, um, you know, I would eventually, you know, come to some of the school functions like the art shows and things like that, and I'd still be in my suit and everything from having come back from work. And people would just tell me about, you know, the, you know, the their days and, you know, and da-da-da-da-da. And I would just, I'd just look at them, and I'd be very puzzled. And I'm like, I just put it in an 80-hour work week and won $3 million worth of business. But bless your heart, honey. And they would let it fall for it all the time. Everybody loved me. Well, bless your heart. You sure do try hard. 
bless your heart. Oh, my God, the week you've had, honey. I don't know how you are standing here. Okay, for our listeners, I want to know how you use this. Seriously, write us in, fangirlsonpodcast at gmail.com, hashtag bless your heart. I want to know if any of you have ever used this or what scenario you guys plan on doing this in because seriously i you guys know by now listening to me you know i work in a pharmacy i am so gonna start using this until (laughs) i will update you later (laughs) Uh, you're gonna use it when i first moved back down south because i'm atlanta now and i i started you know someone said bless their heart to me because they didn't realize i grew up down here and i just like Immediately, my head whipped around. I'm like, you know what? Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) And speaking of bless your heart, we had a whole bunch of Jesuses. Yes, we did. Is that even the plural? Like, I feel like that's weird saying Jesuses as opposed Uh to just Jesus. But Jeremy Davis, which this is funny. And I have Davies. I'm sorry. I have to tell you guys, looking it up on IMDb. He was listed as Jesus Prime, which I thought was the funniest thing because I'm like, oh, I know his face. And then the fact that he's Jesus Prime, Jesus Prime, Jesus Prime was hilarious. And I don't know why I thought it was so funny. Like, I seriously had a stupid laugh for like a good five minutes. He is the he is the leader of the Jesuses. There was so many. He's going to lead them against the Decepticons, and, led by. <laughs> but I love how they were talking about. It. And Wednesday's trying to tell Shadow, listen, yeah, because if you believe in them, they're there. And I told you, there's a bunch of different Jesus for every different sect that there is. And no, but sadly, Mexican Jesus did not make it to the party this year. Are you sure? Maybe he was somewhere in well, the back. I mean, maybe maybe he won a couple of days. Maybe he was having some honey ham. We don't know. Because apparently she had a bunch of honey ham. There's a lot there. But just Jeremy Davies goes, and he says hi to Shadow, and Shadow's like, hey. Let's let's face it, that party was way too white for Mexican. (laughs) True. Well, I I saw a couple black Jesuses. There was like an Indian Jesus in there, too. That was a very white party. It was a very white party. It was. It was a very southern, derpy-style party. Wasp. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, which I feel like everybody should know what wasp means at this point, white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. So if you don't know what that is beyond that, look it up. Google it. It is. It was. Yeah. I mean, and uh-huh. the fact that she says, please help yourself to the buffet and others less fortunate. Yeah. <laughs> it's just. I didn't get that because I'm like, wait a second, what's going on? Because like help yourself to the buffet and also help those less fortunate than you is basically how I took it, you know, because yeah. that's that's such a you know waspy thing. Yeah, to say. It's like I, I have so much that. privilege, I don't even know how much privilege I have. I've got so eat. much honey ham, y'all, but make sure you donate a can to the soup. We're going to take that down to the soup kitchen later so everybody else can have, you know, exactly. the Easter who's less fortunate. Oh, my gosh. It was funny, um, though, it, especially when it, she – oh, go ahead. I have to say, I was waiting for – when Jesus was sitting in the pool and sitting on top of the pool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he loses his glass. Oh, my gosh. And he loses his glass. I was waiting for him to just dip it in and pull it back out. Pull it oh, my God. That would have been great. I did, too. That would have been great. But instead, he's like, oh. He lost his glass. But I love it because Shadow talks to him, and he's like, oh, I think I lost faith. And he's like, no, you got it. 
And then Shadow goes back and he looks around and he sees all these halos. He sees Uh the Virgin Mary with the baby suckling at her teat and they all have halos. And it's like, holy crap, that's a lot of halos. That's a hell of a lot of CGI work in that one scene is what I was thinking. You probably found a good use for lens flare. (laughs) Wait, was this Michael Bay's episode? (laughs) And then there's the huge lens flare that Shadow is to Laura Moon. That's true. Yes. It's like the world is on fire. I kind of felt bad for Laura this episode. I'm going to tell you, I am surprised that I felt bad for her. Because they get here, she's throwing up maggots, which is disgusting. Huh? And I'm like, okay, Easter's going to bring her back. Mad Sweeney will get his coin. Life will be peachy. But this is what I was thinking, and Shadow would still reject her, which would be sad. But when Easter's looking in her eyes, and she's, like, going through the whole thing, which I've heard in different shows, you know, like, the last image you see, blah, 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 burn in your retina. Your eyes, yeah. She sees the... The Raven first. I don't understand how she's seen Mad Sweeney because Mad Sweeney never went into her eye line, as far as we've seen. Unless it was the second time when she accidentally dies in the ice cream truck. Maybe he had something to do with that. Okay, well, that was Easter. Or or if you're just going with the, the fact that it's not literally the last thing that her eye saw. Okay. But it's more of a metaphysical supernatural aspect or it could be it could be like okay so in the episode before where we've got Essie um, from Essie McGowan clearly had this connection with Mad Sweeney she was the one one of the ones who brought him over and I wonder if he's been you know holding a torch for her all this time and he recognizes that maybe Laura is reincarnated somehow from Essie. See, Gomez and I kind of talked about that last episode. I, I, I am go- I'm going to disagree with you on that. Okay. I, I just wondered if maybe that was the case, because it seems like he's a little sweet on her now. I, I, I think that with, what he deals with with Matt Sweeney is his regret for being uh-huh. be, for being involved with her death. Ah, uh, okay. okay. And the fact that, yes, he was sort of, yes, he's the supernatural creature, but he's also closer to human than any of the other gods that we meet. Right. Right. Yes, because you know you, they leave a loaf of bread for an honest fellow or a, a, gla- right. a bowl of milk. And, yeah. Okay, and he is closer to humanity than Mr. Wednesday is, or Easter, or even any of the new gods are. Yeah, and they, uh, if they don't say per, that he's a god. He's just a magical creature. He's like a demigod almost. Right. So right. yeah, closer to humanity definitely. And he was definitely a. I mean, I talked to, with uh, Sean about this last episode, where Matt Sweeney is a, is a legendary figure out of Irish mythology. Ah. Uh, there was actually a king who was Matt Sweeney. Oh wow. Uh, uh, and there was a whole bit about that. Uh, I mean, he, they talk about how he went mad and thought he was a bird for a while, and lived in a tree while naked for a period of time, <laughs> because he fled a battle. And over time, that story then gets transformed and Matt Sweeney goes from being a king to being a hero to being a one of these small folk, one of the leprechauns. Ah. Uh, and now he's coming back and he's trying to find himself again and he wants to be that warrior figure. He wants to be that hero again, which is why Swe- why Wednesday owes him a war. Ah, and so he and needs a damsel to rescue. Okay. So. But, because, but Sweeney ends up doing Wednesday's dirty work yeah, One of the things like that involved is 
killing. I, I, I need you to kill this woman because I told you to kill this woman. See, and yeah. that just still kind of sticks in my craw. Like, why? I feel like he should have explained and given Mad Sweeney a choice. Yeah. I, okay. I just, Wednesday's thing is he needed Shadow to lose everything because only once you've lost everything are you free to do anything, Is I guess is how they say it. Let, or or let, me put this, let me put it in this perspective. Does somebody playing chess ask the pawn whether it wants to be sacrificed? Uh, True. Okay. Let's and get all philosophical. Views, no, and that, but that's how Wednesday views the world. Yep. He doesn't Everyone care about people's feelings. Yeah. No, he really doesn't. Uh, I don't he, know. I felt really bad for Sweeney in this one, actually. He's basically I, 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 I don't, I don't as in the means justify the ends. Wait, Wednesday's an asshole. <laughs> He's an asshole. He is. I mean, he, and that's why it cracks me up when people are like, oh, I'm on Team Wednesday. Like, you haven't read the book, have you? <laughs> Watching the show, I can see how you're on the old God side as opposed to new gods. Because we get in this episode, okay. after Wednesday is trying to woo Easter, even showing her the sword, which was, like, awesome. But then you yeah, see we'll, technical we'll boy, right? But then yeah, okay, he's got some um, some Doctor Who technology in that coat pocket. I'm just saying, it's obviously bigger on the inside because that's a hell of a big sword to come out of that inside uh-huh. coat pocket. Hammer space. <laughs> anyway, but just because of the way they portrayed some of the new gods in the show. Now I'm saying in the show, Gomez, because I know that like no, absolutely, like you guys have read the book, so I can see being on the old god side because the new gods the way they've showed them with the exception of media who's basically been muscle but seems to be really nice the other ones are kind of jerks Dushy. yes well, well, even media is kind of douchey. i mean she puts on the veneer of being nice yeah which she's not I, and you know i mean she okay what was her big offer to wednesday we'll have a nuclear war for you oh yeah that's nice I'm just saying, like, she doesn't come off like Technical Boy and Mr. World, which are the two new gods that we see. And both of them are just such assholes. Come on. I mean, especially with Mr. World, who's like, this is what you look like when you masturbate. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. It's like, no one needs to see that. No. (laughs) On multiple levels. Nobody needs to see that, okay, guys? But it's just like, and Technical Boy, come on. We've all agreed he's super douchey. Super douche. And he's less douchey in the in this series than he was in the That's book. what you said, which makes me wonder, like, I side-eyed the book going, oh, God, I'm going to read this going, I can't believe Technical Boy was even worse. Uh, but, uh, okay. I mean, I'm just going to, and I'm going to throw this out here. For people who have read the book, you've already, you're already aware of where I'm coming from with this. For those who haven't, figure out that, just understand that Wednesday is Odin. We have that the yep. non-reveal right. that he's owed, right? Yep. So for anybody who hadn't quite caught on yet, they really lay it out for you. Oh, yeah, you think? He, he is a god of war. Yep. Mm-hmm. The thing that, if you go back to episode, the very first episode, where they show, show the Vikings battling each other to summon their god and to get their god's favor. Yep, they, they, they had to be battle. Spe- Yep, they started fighting each other so their god it, would show and, and, and when they finally started fighting each other, that's when they really got his attention. Yeah. Okay. 
once so the the idea that Wednesday is maneuvering for a war, and I mean you keep on hearing the new guys keep saying we don't want this war, we don't want to have a war. If we have a war, you're going to lose, but we don't really want to have the war in the first place. Wednesday's the one that's pushing this war. Mm-hmm. He needs he needs the war because he needs the blood sacrifices, I think, in order to survive. Well, oh. he's, no, no, no. I, see, I take I, I I'll take a step back. He's obviously survived this long. Right. So what else is he after that he needs a war? Yeah, I think he's going for a long con, but that's all I'm going to say. See, I I was thinking that he just wanted it because he was tired of the status quo of the new gods and how they're trying to, you know, like, take everybody. That's what I was thinking. But but yeah. he, but my question would be, are they taking everybody, or are they helping the old gods adapt? Yeah, and, and rebrand okay. themselves. And and and, and, how, and how, because I mean, if you look at where what Delquis was, yeah. I mean, as a, as a homeless woman on the streets of wherever she was, is she a threat? No. Mm-hmm. Is she is, is she even remotely a threat to the new gods? Nope. So what do the new gods have to gain? By gaining her to her side, and what what prompted them to do that? I assumed it was always because they knew something was coming, because all of the old gods were not on board, and that they would use her. Right, but what? But again, what kind of threat are we looking at that the old gods could pose? Hmm. Right. Interesting. Anyway. Yeah, and so we get to a point where Wednesday has whispered in Easter's ear, and she. He, you know, Wednesday convinces her, you know, they're not worshiping you directly. They're all worshiping all those guys. God bless them. You know, mm-hmm. all the Jesuses. She's like, yeah, but bunnies and, and colored eggs and candy, you know, they're like, you know, directly are- worshiping me. He's like, there was a time when you were directly worshiped. And he makes her remember the old times. And she tells media, I feel misrepresented in the media. And then, and of course, Media says, well, St. Nicholas had to deal with it. What happens if people decide if God doesn't exist? You know, what will happen then? So, just because she said that, I'm like, are we going to get a St. Nick next season? Just, like, throw it in there. Happy. <laughs> Why not? Well, I thought it was great because the weird faceless guys, which are super creepy, by the way, like, kept, like, Multiplying. Thank you. Like, behind her as media was talking. And Easter was kind of yep. pissed. And then, you know, all of a sudden we have Mr. Wednesday who's like, oh, I give you this sacrifice in honor of Ostera. And I love media's like, what sacrifice? It's like, boom. It's like, boom. I loved it because, here, I have the speech, too. When, when basically Wednesday is, like, super pissed. And he's like, you know, Shadow asks him, you know, who are you? What are you? And he's like, do you know me? Do you know what I am? Do you want to know my name? And Shadow's like, tell me. This is what I'm called. I am called Gladiwar, Grim, Raider, the Third. I am One-Eyed. I am also called Highest, the True Gasser. I am Grimnir, the Hooded One. I am All-Father. And I'm going to screw this one up because I am not really good with with Norse names. Gondolier. Gondolier. Wanbearer. I have many names, as there are winds. 
as many titles as there are ways to die. My Ravens and okay, come on, you gotta help me out because I know you know this, Gomez, and I'm gonna screw these up. Thank you. Thought and memory. My wolves are Frecky and Jerry. My horse is the Gallowed. I am Odin. 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 And you are Ostera of the Dawn. Show them who you are. Which was so powerful when he was doing it, because obviously Ian McShane is way better at this speech than I am. (laughs) Especially me not being able to pronounce, you know, these Norse names. Yes, I did too, and I'm going to just say, though, I'm a little upset that my Swedish um, grandparents did not teach me a little more to be able to pronounce these names better. (laughs) But, oh my gosh, just watching it, and then you have Easter go out, and her hair all comes undone. Yeah, it's like, that's the moment where he's like, I am the king, and you need to step up and be the queen that I know that you are, and take back your day. It is not your fault that he came back to life on your day, ruined your day. Right, because funny enough, when they talk earlier about the Venn diagram, she's like, oh, it's just a really small sliver. We just kind of overlap. Yeah, and she's like, he's like, show, make them pray to you. Show, Show them why they need to pray. By taking away what you give, that's when they pray. Which was crazy, because they just, like, all of a sudden, like, all this, like, land and crops all around. And we don't know how widespread it is. Just disappears and dies. Big enough. I was like, holy crap, it's crazy. All because Wednesday whispering, like you said, Jennifer. Like, oh, they don't even do anything. They just pop it in the microwave. They don't even care anymore. I was like, holy crap. Because then, of course, thinking back to your own lives, like, you look at it, you look at what you do daily. Okay, I have a little tiny garden. It's little. Like, I'm Mm -hmm. growing beans and melons, okay, and some tomatoes. That's about, and cucumbers. Like, I'm looking at it going, "Eh, if if they make it, great. You know, if not, eh, I probably have a black thumb. I can go to the store. But thinking about it, it's like, Wow, yes, look how far we've come from our ancestors who, if they were not able to farm and pray to whatever gods to hopefully have the harvest come, they would have died. And so I look at this going, oh, that's kind of scary thinking about it that way. Kind of like when we talked about media, you know, it's like they have me on all the time. If they're not watching me, they're looking at me on their phones. They're listening to me on the radio. And it's the same thing. Like, okay, I feel weird that I'm tweeting this episode and watching it at the same time. Because you're like, I'm fine. You are media, you're media session. Yes. It's so weird. And then, again, like I said, with this episode, you see how Easter or Ostera, you know, killed all that land, all that farmland. And the sheep are just sitting there like, bitch, I was eating. You know, it's like, this. <laughs> thanks a lot. Like, I was half expecting her to, like, bring back at least where her sheep were. Because she killed everything off. You've seen her change physically. Like, her power was released, and then all these flower petals come down on her. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, yeah, I guess I'm with them now because screw this shit. 
is how I yeah, totally she took really it. Really her power again. And then we get the line, tell the believers and the non-believers, we have taken spring. Yes. They can have it back when they pray. And then suddenly, Shadow now believes everything he's seen. This whole time, he's been a skeptic. He's, like, seen as believing. He has not believed. You know, he thinks, maybe I've gone crazy. Maybe I've gone off the deep end. I don't know. But now, he truly believes. And strangely enough, which, backtracking a little, all the Jesuses, I still feel weird (laughs) saying that. They all felt really bad that they took yeah. over Easter's holiday. They're like, like oh, oh, man, it feels so a bummer, bad. sorry. Because <laughs> well, Jesus is actually nice. Go yeah. figure. All of them are nice. You know, like, there, oh. was, there was not an asshole Jesus in the bunch. Exactly. Oh, maybe we should send that, you know, but like, listen, look, none look, of them look, are jerks. Invite, white supremacist Jesus. Right. <laughs> oh, God. That, there was no neo-Nazi Jesus. I didn't see one. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, thank you. And then we get Laura Moon, who's on the balcony watching this shit happen. I'd like to have a word with my husband. I think and this like, surprised Wednesday the most, because he's like, he does that slow turn, like, shit. Ah, shit. <laughs> She's not supposed to be here. Yeah. And Mad Sweeney is just like, eh, sorry. You know, he's like, he's standing there. Like, I feel like he's really conflicted because, like Gomez said, you know, he's he's owed a war. He knows he's going to die in a war. Mm-hmm. And I think at this point, because of those boots that we talked about, Gomez, he is really tired. 400-year-old boots. Yes, he's really tired of walking in those shoes. And he just yeah. wants to be done. Yeah, pretty much. Well, let's talk about the fact that Easter can't bring... Um, Laura back to life, and she doesn't resurrect per se. She just regifts life, which I thought was hilarious. I thought that was a weird statement. And like I said, when Gomez was talking about Easter and Laura, you know, I didn't understand because Wednesday was not the one that specifically killed her. But right. talking about this with you two, you know that it's basically the weapon of choice. But it was yeah, still, it was the hand of God. Yeah. It was, yeah. I thought that was kind of interesting, <laughs> how that played out. What do you guys think? <laughs> I mean, I think we kind of talked with Gomez, but. Yeah, it's just, even best laid plans, mm-hmm. there's going to be a hiccup. And Laura is Wednesday's worst nightmare hiccup. Because she's the only one who could possibly sway Shadow to not be a part of this. Gomez, what do you think? Uh, I'm, enti- I'm inclined to agree, uh, and I think that we're going to see some definite regret on Shadow's part for what happened to, Sh- to Laura. Uh, but the question, I think one of the big questions for Season 2 going into it is, will Laura get her chance to talk to her husband? Or is somebody going to interfere for them having that conversation? Okay, I and feel they'll talk. Now, too, because she's puking up magic, oh, so... Yeah. Well, I and I, I honestly think that that conversation is not going to happen. Oh, really? Right. Away. I I sincerely believe that something's going to happen that is going to screw up that conversation from happening right away. Okay. And yeah. it's going to put off Shadow actually realizing what's going on. Yeah, that's going to be how he's okay. Now I have to ask this: Are you getting this feeling because of the book? Not necessarily, because the I mean I I think I mentioned before we started recording tonight. This episode took a hard right turn from the okay. book. Okay. Yes. Uh, in a lot of different ways. For yeah. one thing, we, we 
Well, this season in general, we got a lot more of Laura Moon. Laura yep. Moon has a lot more agency than she had ever in the book. Okay. And we not see a lot, lot more of Matt Sweeney in the, in the book either. Exactly. We see a lot more of Matt Sweeney, and Matt Sweeney is much more of a character of agency in this series than he ever was in the book. Yeah. Okay. We see a lot, we're seeing a lot more of Salim and the Jin. Okay. Yep. Uh, so there are all these different elements that they're teasing out and are giving more nuance in this than ever than they saw in the book necessarily. So I think in order to prolong where this is going, you don't want Wednesday against Shadow right away. Right. Okay. It's it's gonna like, have to down coming. the road this big Absolutely. betrayal moment. Yeah. Uh, in the sense that. Shadow was betrayed by Wednesday before he even knew who Wednesday was. Yeah, like okay. he put things in motion before Shadow even, yeah, like years and years that this plan has been in motion. Well, obviously he put Loki in there, which I hope we see Loki next season. I think we will. All right. I think we're Gomez seems to think that something's happening. Obviously we're not doing video for you guys, but he's like making... Crazy hand gestures. Yes. It's either that or he wants me to slide into third. I don't know. No. <laughs> but I, I think we're gonna. I think we will definitely see more of Loki. But I, again, I don't think that that big revelatory conversation is gonna happen. Really? No, I think. In Chatto. I think they're gonna they're gonna stretch this out because I anticipate this being renewed. Not only for the second season, it's only it's already been renewed, but like a third, fourth, possibly five seasons just to get through book one. So, we're, just, so, so what we're going to see, we're going to see uh, Mr. World having called in a drone strike <laughs> against, against Easter's home. Okay. Yep. Well, it's funny that uh-huh. Jennifer said that because there's we talked about this in our episode. There's what six books plus they're talking about American Gods two. Yeah, yeah, you, Gomez, you weren't a part of this. I didn't talk to you. Uh, so the books that have to do with this, with Shadow and what's going on, American Gods, Mar- Monarch of the Glen, Anansi Boys, Black Dog, Legends 2, which has a Shadow story in it, and Fragile Things, which has a Shadow story. So there's like a whole line of stuff that could happen, plus Gaiman talking about American Gods 2. Right, and and Gomez was saying that in the book, you don't find out Shadow's last name or what his real name really is until these secondary stories. We do finally find out why he was called Shadow, but we still don't ever have his first name, which I thought was interesting. Right. Because he does tell I mean, I Easter, mean, I could, which I thought was interesting. I, mean, I could tell you who he corresponds to in Norse mythology, but I feel it might be actually giving too much. No. Yeah. No spoilers to that extent. All right, guys. I know we're all super excited for season two. I think we mostly covered the finale without, like, you know, going yeah. too crazy in depth. But we can go on about this, seriously, because I think we were all super excited about this for, like, two hours. And we don't want to do that because we want everybody to be happy where we are and excited about what's right. coming. So they are headed to the House on the Rock. We saw they Bill was going there by bus. Which, which I will, which which is important to note, is actually a real place. It is. I've it been is. there. I didn't even remember it. I have pictures. 
weirdly enough. But yes, now I feel like I have to go there to be like, this is where it's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen, but this is where it's going to happen. It's an interesting place because they have a carousel in there. They've got all these rooms filled with antiques. And when um, my husband said, hey, let's go to House on the Rock, I was just like, okay. Because <laughs> uh, I, I, I didn't live in Chicago for very long at that point. And, I, you know, we took the trip up. And I'm like, okay, well, that was kind of creepy but cool. So I, I like that it's in this book. And I remember reading American Gods not long after. I mean, like, oh, House on the Rock. But there is a difference in the book where they go to House on the Rock to meet, I think, Mr. Nancy and another one of the gods. Um, and then the, the main battle happens at Rock City, which is in Chattanooga, Tennessee, right around where I grew up at. So I wonder if seasons down the road, like there'll be a battle at House on the Rock first, but then it won't be settled, and then they'll, they'll have, we'll see Rock City, because I'd love to see Rock City in a show. Could happen. I, you know, anything could happen. And we do know that Neil Gaiman is consulting with the the showrunners and the writers, and they are pretty much respecting his wishes. And the things that they have changed, he has liked the changes. Like, he really likes the Laura Moon episodes a lot. Yep. So I, I, I'm excited to see what happens, and we do know that Pretty much everyone from season one is coming back for season two. So Laura has to become undead somehow because <laughs> she's, she's, she's turning into soup. Or at least less dead. Yeah, soup doesn't win her husband back, or she's going to have to die, die at some point. So Yeah, and there's nothing attractive about Maggots. No. Oh, okay, let's move on. All right, guys. So <laughs> that is not a pleasant place to end, but this is where we're ending. <laughs> All right, so Jennifer is over at Hollow Nine, which we've talked about, and Jennifer will be here quite often because we're finishing off another awesome series. The Handmaid's Tale. Another awesome book that I am, like, waiting to read. But, Jennifer, I hope you come back and talk about all these awesome, like, tinfoil hat theories that we have going on. And, Jennifer, you want to tell them where they can find you other than just Hollow Nine, like Twitter, or Facebook, whatever? Um, I am on Twitter as Jennifer Nine, and it's spelled like the Hollow Nine Nine, which is J-E-N-N-I-F-E-R, the number nine, I-N-E. That's where I'm at on Twitter. I'm not super on there, but I, I check it every once in a while. And then I also have an email address, which is Jennifer at HollowNine.com. All right. Now, Gomez, which we've talked about a bunch of times with his website. You want to throw that out? Uh, so the, the website you can really check out is probably broadswordsandblasters.com, uh, where we talk about all things pulp goodness. Uh, recently did one today on Richard Cadry's Sandman Slim series, which if you're not familiar with, is like <laughs> B-movie urban fantasy horror. Uh, we've got, we have issue one out now on Amazon, uh, available both. In digital episode uh, episode two, sorry, <laughs> issue two is coming out next month in July. We're super excited by. Uh, we did the release cover for that, uh, so really looking forward to that. Uh, you can reach me at Gomez dot Oh, that's great. Uh, obviously, you can find us everywhere at Fangirl Zone. You go on the website www.fangirlzone.com. You can find our contact page. You can also you know, to use our shopping links. And here's the one thing. If you can send us an email, 
saying what it was I was drinking that I mentioned at the beginning, I will send out something from our awesome prize package because I have all sorts of goodies to send out. Goodies! So I'm not repeating it. You have to go right back to the beginning of what you actually heard through this whole mess. (laughs) All right, guys. Thank you for joining us for American Gods. We will be back for season two because I'm going to drag these two kicking and screaming if I have to. (laughs) I will be watching. I will be reading this book over the break of the seasons, which unfortunately is going to be like a freaking year, which makes me so very sad, but it's going to happen. We have another one, and like I said, there's so many books and so many different things we can pull from, and Neil Gaiman being involved always helps the fact that there can be so much more. Oh, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. So for episode eight, of American Gods. I am Sean Fangirl I'm Jennifer. And Gomez, not Adams. And until next time.